Hello everybody, my name is Lat Mackey and this is Sequence Break, Episode 9, AGDQ 2020 Recap. This is the Monday after AGDQ just ended and I am going to try something here I have never tried before. <laughs> this is going to be uh, just me kind of sharing some of my thoughts from the week. I was there the entire week, um, had a great time. It was a really enjoyable week. And it was a fun event to be around, but I thought I would try to recap, at least from my perspective, what AGDQ is like from somebody who's actually there. And I, I want to preface this whole thing by these are just my opinions, and they're my opinions and alone. I know it's. I got to tell you, it seems like everybody has a um, unique experience when they go there, depending on if they're a runner, an attendee, a, a volunteer, all these different, there's many different ways to experience AGDQ. So this is, uh, if you're watching the video, if you're watching this on YouTube or anything like that, you'll notice that the first image here I'm sharing here is uh, my badge. It's just like the customary thing when you uh, <laughs> when you get to uh, a game's done quick is you got to check in with the badge and things like that. Um, so as you can see, I was a runner and a volunteer, although I was only a backup runner. I was really uh, there for to couch uh, for Great John's Bonk's Adventure Run, which uh, ended up going really well. And we'll talk about it as I get through this whole thing. Um, this is my, let's see. So I guess if you conclude GDQX, this would be my fourth Games Done Quick. But really, it's only my third that I've attended. Um, I started watching Games Done Quick in 2015-ish, around that time. Um, watching it live on Twitch. And my first one that I ever got to attend was 2018 at Summer Games Done Quick. So uh, you can probably tell I'm a fan. I really enjoy uh, what the the whole marathon is about and what why this whole gathering that is um, a games done quick. I think one thing that's really important to note about any games done quick and it really since it started uh, back in 2010 is that it is a charity event first the primary goal of games done quick is to raise as much money as possible for really good causes and so far uh, agdq for the last actually i'm trying to think how long but for it seems like for a while now agdq has supported the prevent, prevent cancer foundation and summer games done quick has supported doctors without borders two excellent and very worthwhile charities um and so from my perspective before i even got into speedrunning and everything anything like that i was working in the nonprofit world i've i've supported charities for basically my whole life <laughs> as much as i've been i've been able to so for me that's i it's really important that these things have that component to them um i think there are other great events that don't have charity uh, as, uh, components to them and they're still awesome events but i really dig the whole idea of these things being a charity event so all that being said, the the, uh, the big spoiler, I guess the top line takeaway here is that they raised over $3.1 million for Prevent Cancer. I shouldn't say they, we. We as a community raised $3.1 million. Like I just saying that out loud is absolutely insane. I can't believe <laughs> that this was, I mean, for, for a GDQ, it's record breaking, but more importantly, $3.1 million is going to prevent cancer and to uh, to hopefully further the cause of eradicating cancer. If it's a, uh, if that's even, you know, if that's, uh, that's, that's such a worthwhile cause um for those of you that don't know on my personal stream the first time that i ever did any sort of fundraiser or raising money was for saint baldrick's which is also a uh, a childhood cancer charity uh foundation so it's just uh, a cause that's really close and dear to me and I, it's really cool that to be a part of and to help support the raising of that money so all of that out of the way. <laughs> then there's the fun stuff, which is the whole reason. Like, why would you anybody, why would you go to a Games Done Quick? And I think one of the things that uh, you hear most often and is so true is that 
Gabe's Dead Quick is just like a, a big hang for speedrunners. Um, and it's so true. What's so interesting about that is that there's really all these different walks of life within the speedrunning community. There's those who play Nintendo games. There's Genesis. There's PC. There's people who just play Sonic games. There's people who play Mario games. There's like all these different walks of life all in one place. And they all come together to hang out at uh, Games Done Quick. Um, it's pretty darn cool that that exists. And this is, I'm not sure if I'm going to do an entire episode dedicated to any marathon that I attend or anything like that. I do know that still to this day that um, Games Done Quick is still the largest speedrunning event that we have. It's uh, It has the most viewership. It raises the most amount of money. It gets the, the you know, it's, it's right now, I, I don't believe there's any events that go on longer than Games Done Quick. I mean, they thing goes seven or eight days now. I mean, it's seven days, whatever it is. It's, it's a very, it goes for an entire week. It's a pretty uh, incredible and insane how, uh, how large and how big Games Done Quick is. Now, remember that this is from my perspective. So I, I volunteered, I, I ran audio, or I shouldn't say ran. I helped running the mixing board. <laughs> and um, of all the things that uh, I don't necessarily get that nervous about doing a run or commentating or anything like that, I was nervous the first day that I did audio um, primarily <laughs> because there's like, you know, there's, there's only like 100,000 people listening at that point. You don't want to screw that up. You don't want to screw up somebody's run. And I wasn't familiar with the board, the, the, the the stuff, the equipment they were using is not equipment I've used before, even though a lot of the principles are the same. It's still, it's still you want to get it right. So um, if you're watching the video of this, I am going to be showing some photos and some videos as we go along through this and just kind of like what was the experience and things like that. So uh, as I drive, I rented a car because or the, the event is about um, a, a 30 minute drive away from the airport. And you can, you know, you can do an Uber or whatnot, but the way that I understood, or at least when I was checking Google Maps, it didn't look like there was a lot of stuff in walking distance. That couldn't be farther from the truth. There was tons of stuff walking distance. Like it was really a great space and, and location. But as I was putting into the hotel, this was literally the uh, the person who was in front of me at, at a stop sign who had GDQ as their license plate. So I don't know if they work for GDQ or if that just happens to be a random. That seems like that should be somebody who maybe works for GDQ, but had a Florida license plate. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny, kind of interesting. Um, this is the event space and we have total random hilarity. Uh, this is the event space and it's compared to the hotel they're using for SGDQ now. There was this huge space when you walk towards the stream room and it housed uh, maybe it's about five or six rows of just tables and TVs. And it's uh, it was a great space for this type of thing. To be honest with you, my experience a lot of times is primarily, you know, hanging out in the practice room and you're either watching somebody run a game or you're talking to somebody about games or their life or anything like that. But this is like the place to hang. And there, I can just notice in the background that Sven, Sweden is in the uh, in the background there. Um, but this is, this is what it's like. There's this huge space and it's just, it's TVs and monitors and all that kind of stuff. And everyone's plugged in. We, uh, this was, uh, I don't know if this was from the first or second day, but this is John and I uh, running. We were playing, oh, we were playing uh, Bonk 3. This is Bonk 3 as a, as a co-op <laughs> attempt. We had never gotten a chance to play two-player. So. Um, so let's take a look at Sunday and kind of the start of the marathon. 
they really started off this thing strong uh, with a, uh, a really great pre-show video that they kind of, this was the 10th anniversary of Games Done Quick, the first one being classic Games Done Quick in 2010. Famously in Maiko Yama's basement, where uh, they play a lot of, there were, there were uh, he said like 20 or 30 people attending. <laughs> you notice a lot of people played many different games. And so they did a video that kind of went, they highlighted some of the big moments from the last 10 years. And it was pretty cool. You know, it had some, you know, remind you of some of those things, those moments you may have uh, loved and remembered from Games Done Quick in the past. And then they started off uh, the, the marathon with A Hat in Time. Um, I'm going to, there are so many great runs that I still have not yet seen. <laughs> so uh, once again, this is just from my perspective and some things that I observed and noticed. Um, I think it's pretty cool that they started off with a PC game. I don't know if they've done that before and they did it as a race, which is very cool. Uh, let's see. Also on Sunday, there was Metroid Zero Mission. Didn't get a chance to see. Mega Man 7 with a PJ, which I did watch a little bit of and it looked like a good run. Um, Mega Man 7 is kind of, I, I don't want to say it's the forgotten Mega Man, but it doesn't seem like the one that's a run as often as some of the other ones. And PJ did a great job uh, with the commentary and also with the run itself. He did a really good job of playing. Um, some of the other things, the, the, obviously the highlight for me, at least on Sunday, was the Super Mario Brothers 3 race. And uh, obviously because I work with Mitch and know him, uh, <laughs> you know, that obviously was probably, you know, it's probably not surprising that it's a favorite of mine. But there was a lot of, the race was very close between uh, Mitch and Haxor for the lead for most of the race, which made it really cool and really close. And then with Stewie, not even that far behind, he uh, he went for a lot of the crazy glitches in the game and actually got one. If you're looking right now in the video, this is the one where he actually gets door three in uh, in World 3. If you know anything about Super Mario Brothers 3, which is a game, uh, my first speedrun game. Uh, it was it was great seeing uh, runners go for these kind of crazy tricks and Stewie did like almost all of them. <laughs> he didn't get all of them, but at least he went for them. And then also uh, having such a close race between Mitch and Haxor, like it really could have gone any other way. Um, had 7-1, there's some crazy clips in 7-1. Had that gone slightly different, maybe Haxor comes out ahead. I mean, it was really, really close. And um, it was, I don't know, it's really cool that they started off with a race that seemed like the audience was quite into. Um, I haven't had a chance to look over uh, any, I, I didn't watch any Twitch chat almost at all the entire week. So I'm, I'm sure the crowd got the audience in, in Twitch chat got into it, but uh, I didn't get a chance to see it myself. But I know being there, there was a lot of energy and uh, Jabum, Glitch Cat, and uh, Supersonic did a great job on the commentary uh, on the couch. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see Zelda, the Skyward Sword run or Dino Crisis 2. Um, I'm, I look forward to seeing them in the future at some point, but, uh, later that night on Sunday night, they did a mist block and truthfully, I may not have gone to the mist block had nauseam not talked me into it. So, <laughs> um, it was really cool for those of you who aren't familiar. Mist is an interesting speed game because the game, as far as like a blind or a casual playthrough is really about puzzle solving and, and it's a really different way of approaching any sort of gameplay experience. Like there are these puzzles that don't have a lot of suggestions on what you should be doing. In fact, don't even really know that there are puzzles going on until you have uh, until you encounter a note on the first mist. <laughs> so it's uh, it was really cool that the speed game itself is a lot of um, clicking as fast as you possibly can. There are some clips and glitches and things like that that are exploited throughout the game, uh, and it makes it for. I, I, the real mist and the ribbon were, I, I thought, 
pretty decent to follow through and really interesting speed runs, especially the commentary was fantastic. Um, Gelly and Zostas, um, are, are, did a really great job of talking through the, uh, the runs and, I would also say that they, you know, they, they, they were able to explain some really complicated things happening, but they had to do it in a very short amount of time. These are not long runs. So they did a really good job with it. And I'm glad I got a chance to see it. The Mist 3 run was a little bit more challenging for me to follow. Um, it's, it, they, they use the, 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 there's only one version I believe that exists and it's a lot of static images that you're clicking through and it happens so quickly. It's very, I thought as a viewer, it was tough to follow. But once again, um, uh, Admiral Flapjack doing the commentary made it a little bit more approachable and easier to understand. Still a bit complicated. <laughs> and I, I'm actually thinking of rewatching it just to see what the heck actually happened. Um, I would say after that is probably when I finally got to bed maybe on Sunday night. I had a little bit of a challenge uh, <laughs> um, uh, adjusting to the time change. I, it's three hours ahead of where I live. So... Like a lot of time I was going to bed at four o'clock in the morning because that'd be one o'clock my time, which is about the normal time that I go to bed. So I struggle with that just a bit. But I wanted to actually get rest because on Monday was my first uh, volunteer shift. I did get a chance to watch the Act Racer race, Act Racer race between Metroid McFly and Sin. And for those of you who don't know, uh, McFly and Sin are basically some of the top runners for the game. Um, McFly only runs the professional uh, version of I'm sorry the professional category of ActRaiser and if you don't know ActRaiser is a Super Nintendo game that um, part of it is like a simulation it's like SimCity you're building a little bit of a city and you're you're cultivating it and then the other part of it is straight on platforming you know with a sword and, and everything you're jumping and it's a really fascinating game I, I can't think of another experience I've had playing a game than I have on Super Nintendo like that game but so they decided to do they, 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 the professional mode and um, basically McFly and, and Sin are the top runners in that game. So they had the best runners on stage uh, racing this thing and it was super close, super exciting and super fun. Uh, they, 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 let's see, what did this, the time was 15 minutes and 11 seconds. Like they, they blasted through this thing and it went down to the wire. It, it was within, you know, I don't know. A minute-ish, and it was—I think it was within a minute that they finished. It was really close. There are so many wonderful uh, runners in this community, but there are also some really wonderful commentators in this community. And I do have to say that Blecky is an absolute treasure and a treat. His commentary is so on point, it's so entertaining, but yet he makes it so understandable for people who have maybe not seen speedrunning or seen the game. Every time he commentates, I just, I'm, I find myself captivated by any game that he's commentating on. And this race was no different. He, he brings the perfect amount of excitement and enthusiasm to it. And he just, ah, he's so good. If he could commentate every game, I, as much as I, there were so many others that I love as well, but Blecky does such a good job. I just wanted to do a special shout out to him. Um, this was right after ActRaiser, and this is uh, Battletoads and Double Dragon run by our roommate, Cullen, who um, destroyed the game. He did such a good run. Um, he had to have been half awake at this point because he slept less than any of us. And uh, he he did a he was uh, he was on stage. He, he you know, I, I, he said that he had some nerves, but I didn't really notice during his run. You may notice that Murdoch is also there in the uh, in the background and <laughs> Murdoch got on the catch. So half awake and very hungover. I didn't want to call call it out, but he may have been a little hungover at this point. I got, this is my first time doing the mixing board uh, at a game's done quick. And while I have experience doing that kind of stuff, I've never worked with this piece of equipment. It's Behringer X32. And so, and I've never worked with their workflow. So this was when I volunteered before I was doing photography for before. And uh, my first shift, I was 
pretty darn nervous uh, just because there's I you want these people's run to go as best as they possibly can be. And I think I couldn't have been any more lucky to have had the Fallout Anthology be one of the first runs that I got a chance to do audio. Um, it's a longer run, so I understand if you're not going to watch, you know, if you if you don't sit through all, what is it, two hours and 16 minutes of it. Um, but it is entertaining as all get out. Tomato Angus did a run of every single Fallout game on PC, except for 76, right? Maybe something else. But um, he did such a wonderful job of commentating and talking through all of the games and describing the glitches and just being super entertaining. Once again, this guy got a follower in me. Um, I, if you guess, I've, if you're going to watch one of them, probably wa- start with either New Vegas or maybe watch the uh, the Fallout 3 and 4 runs because they're a little bit longer, but they're really entertaining. And this guy did just such a great job of... Um, describing what goes on in the game while being really entertaining and ex- explaining it to us. He had, at some point, he has a, a visual aid that he had made out of plastic cups and a piece of plastic cups and a piece of cardboard. It was uh, pretty darn funny. It's funny because uh, in my neck of the woods, I don't get around to watching a lot of PC speedruns. And there's some really interesting and cool stuff going on in the PC space, in the PC world. And these guys, they can just the community just breaks games left and right on PC in ways that um, are just super interesting and really entertaining and great speed runs to boot there to run audio at uh, there is a lot that goes on in the, the audio. And if you're, if you've never streamed yourself or if you're newer to streaming and stuff like that, audio is maybe even more important than the video um, side of things. Um, People will forgive. Most viewers will forgive um, audio uh, video that isn't, you know, isn't the most isn't the clearest thing in the world to see, but audio uh, is a lot less forgivable because you, if you're straining to hear something, just as human beings, it's tough for us to stay engaged and stay listening to it. Which is one of the reasons that I <laughs> hesitated to uh, do a solo episode myself because uh, you know you want to. It's tough to just talk and and listen to somebody speak for an hour. That being said, uh, they do a the, the, they do a great job of training you to make sure you understand the workflow. And there are at any given time you can be you know you can be monitoring six different audio levels up to sometimes twelve and fifteen. Um, and you also have to monitor the audio it, that's in the event space because it's going live, and also what's going to the stream. What are the runners listening to? Like it's it's there's just a lot of stuff going on. But I am so glad that I did it, and I hope that they'll have me back because I really enjoyed that aspect, and it definitely brings a new appreciation to the whole marathon thing. I mean, almost everybody who does a run or who comes through Games and Quick is always very appreciative and thankful of the staff and all the people. Um, and the, uh, the the it's... I know it, it, it goes, it does go appreciated there. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that I got a chance to help and support in that way. There are some some criticisms of Games Done Quick. And I think when a marathon gets that the size that it does, where it's reaching hundreds of thousands of people, there, um, there are criticisms to be made. And I would say one of the things that um, Games Done Quick does that I think is a little underappreciated is they actually listen to their community. Um, they listen to runners. They listen to volunteers. They listen to attendees. They listen to viewers. They take in all of that input and they try to make the best decision for the majority of uh, the people who are supporting the event. And it's games that quick isn't run by like this some you know some uh, amorphous conglomerate corporation 
craziness. No, it's a it's a group of people, not all way less than you would think, who are very thoughtful and very uh passionate and dedicated to what they do. And um, I think that's one of the cool things about it that they they take criticism so well. So I would say probably, I mean, at least for me, the high point of Tuesday was definitely the Mike Tyson's punch out run, which was with Zallard one and a sinister one. And they did blindfolded, they did two players on one controller, which uh, I know sounds pretty insane. Um, I gotta say this is pretty, Probably uh, the run of the week in my this was my favorite run of the week. What these guys did um, kind of just uh, made me want to vomit. Like they they played this game at such a ridiculously high level, and they made it look so easy. They almost didn't make a mistake while running this game. In fact, I'm not even sure that they did make a mistake. The they made it look so flawless, and they had such good strategies with. I know that they practiced and everything like that, but there's not a ton of practice that they actually did that you would think. It's not like they've they've been playing the game for years, but they haven't been playing two players on one controller for years. So um, it, it uh, yeah, Doc Veloper in the chat says Mike Tyson's punch out was the run. I, I it, it's tough to disagree with that. It's it they did such a good job. The commentary was so good when the run first started off. I had a slight complaint that it was a little tough to understand and hear what the commentators were saying while Zallard and, and Sinister were talking because they couldn't hear each other on purpose. They specifically segregated it that way. And um, in the audience, at least it was a little bit tough to hear with the uh, in-house audio. I don't know if it was that way on stream, but I, I haven't gone back and actually watched the run yet. But they... They, um, it was just one of the most incredible runs I've ever seen. And I thought after SGDQ 2019, when Zaller did the Wii uh, punch out blindfolded run, I thought that was one of the most incredible things, but this thing just looked so effortless. It was just, it was such a wonderful, uh, display of amazing video gameness. Uh, once again, I think they raised a ton of money during this period of time and that's awesome. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. Um, but these guys are just, uh, they're incredible at this game. And, uh, you know, I, yes, I, of course I have some, uh, personal bias as, uh, I consider Zalot a friend, but that doesn't take away from what he did and what this run did. It was, uh, it's absolutely insane and incredible, uh, what this run did. Next is going to be uh, punch out blindfolded two players feet only. <laughs> yeah, Emily, that might actually be a whole thing, right? <sighs> yeah. So Terraria had huge tech problems and um, it did go over estimate. He never even finished the run, but the commentary and the playing by TVG Badger was awesome. Uh, he did. He was so engaging and he was so much fun and so entertaining and did the thing that is so important, in my opinion, in these type of things, in that he turned this really challenging situation into a fundraiser. Like he got people to donate and all these great things to help out the run. He was so much fun. And um, I got to tell you, I, not to name drop just a bit, but Badger was hanging out in our room earlier that day and I'd never met the guy and he was so kind and so... Uh, enjoyable to be around and uh he once again another person that i am now following because of his run and the way that he approaches gaming it's just it was so positive if you get a chance there are so many runs you should probably watch but do yourself a favor and at least watch like the last half an hour of terraria because it is just a bunch of fun how badly things can go and how you can make it so positive after <laughs> after having such challenges 
Hey, Smitty, what's up, man? How you doing? Good evening. Um, let's see. Yeah, man, it's a shame it happened to him, but he was clearly the right guy to handle it. No kidding, because that, you know, I have... I think we've, if you've watched any sort of games done quicks before, at times there are people who aren't uh, as well equipped to handle such uh, diversity thrown at them. And uh, it's it's no fault of their own. Like sometimes you just have to deal with things you've never dealt with before. He did so freaking well. It was uh, just uh, in a really great and entertaining run. And kind of this is the reason that we all tune in. I, I should say that. This is the reason I like tuning in to Games Done Quick is to see people rise up and uh, and have such a great run uh, with, with circumstances that are less than ideal. One of the things that got me into speedrunning was Zelda 2 speedruns. And the first one I ever saw was ProJN's 2015 uh, run at, I believe it was AGDQ in 2015. And um, so to see ProJN in real life on stage, it hit the nostalgia thing pretty, pretty it pretty deep. <laughs> and But also that uh, th these, these people play these games at such a high level and games that I have a real affinity for. For those of you that don't know, um, Ocarina of Time is my favorite Zelda game and my favorite game of all time, but I love all of the, most of the Zelda games. I haven't played through all of them, but I've loved basically everyone I've ever played through. So seeing it live and uh, on stage and seeing it be played at such a high level was um, really great. And the commentators were all awesome. Uh, special shout out to Eon, who I just think did a great job. And once again, a friend doing... <laughs> The, uh, the commentary also goes a long way, but everyone who did the commentary did such a great job with it. And, um, it, you know, it, if you get a chance, I, I, I'd recommend watching it. If not, I totally understand uh, if Zelda's not your thing and everything like that, but it's great that uh, they got a chance to do this kind of relay race. I think it's always fun seeing so many different uh, runners highlighted in a run for games done quick. Elrock ran Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade, and before his run, he had an interview uh right before the super monkey ball run and he had a guest on stage oh my gosh i can't remember her name but they actually sang through with a ukulele the <laughs> the teenage mutant ninja turtles theme song and it was really great really nice moment the crowd seemed to like it and i'm uh, really fortunate that i got a chance to do his audio while he was doing it during sg2q i had a holy shit moment and that was watching the uh runner who ran mushimi sama futari and then the runner's name is Gusto. I don't really, I've never really watched anything dealing with the bullet hell genre of games. And for those of you that aren't aware, it's, you know, it's a shmup, it's a shoot 'em up but bullet hell refers to this type of gameplay where there is a gajillion bullets on the screen and you have to avoid them and, you know, end up destroying all the enemies and stuff like this. I've never seen anything like this ever before. And the display of gaming that went on by this uh, gentleman, Gusto, uh, was absolutely insane. <laughs> Millpool says he loved this run. Uh, I, I could not agree with you more. And as you can see, Aquas is, was doing commentary with this other gentleman whose name I don't know, but was so excited on the couch. It was it was like infectious with how excited he got while watching this run. And the, what this guy does, like he's got the pillows. Gusto was doing runs of this game next to me in the practice room. And I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, just, he's playing a shmup. When I actually got a chance to watch what he was doing, um, no wonder that he has to sit this way that he does. And he's so close to the screen. Uh, it's just... Uh, absolutely insane. Do yourself a favor, watch the punch out run and watch Mushimi Sama Futari. It's absolutely insane. They had some high quality games for Awful Block. If you really need uh, some entertainment to get you through a couple hours, it's a lot of laughing. Um, 
the, of all the awful block games that I saw, I, I can recommend all of them. Do yourself a favor and sit through the block. Um, Animorphs is such a weird <laughs> game. I shouldn't say weird. It's such a random game. Uh, it's really uh, fun to watch. And Kizaron did a great job on running the game and commentary. And uh, I... I haven't, I still, I had never seen, I wasn't familiar with Kizaron until this GDQ. And so I hadn't seen his Animorphs run from earlier that Emily has actually recommended to me and I still haven't had a chance to watch. Um, I am now going to, I need to go back and watch it because uh, it's such a random game that seems, I don't even know how anybody ends up beating the game. (laughs) It's so wild. I did watch the Super Highlight run with Mike. Uh, highly recommend. It's so much fun, and that game is just uh, a whole thing above its uh, on its own. And that's unfortunately when I went to sleep, <laughs> and I didn't get a chance to watch the rest of Awful Block. But I heard I have been told by many different people that um, all of the runs are great, and I'm hoping to catch up on them this week. NES Block is this thing that I was only made aware of just recently. There's a bunch of NES runners playing NES games, and um, I helped out a little bit with the tech side of things. Then I also ran Splatterhouse Wampaku Graffiti, but there was also a bunch of runs that I wanted to watch. So <laughs> this was the uh, Bio Bio Miracle Bokuti Upa, Bokuti Upa. I don't know if I'm saying any of that correctly, but Auth hasn't played the game in like three years, and Eon hasn't touched it since she did her run at SGDQ. So as you can imagine, there will be some fun stuff to watch during that. I recommend if you're going to tune into NES Block to give that one a watch. It's super fun. Um, Auth was having a great time. He looked like he was about half asleep at this point. So this is the Taskbot runs from uh, Friday evening, which they picked some um, runs that we've probably seen before, SMB3, SMB2. Um, I thought they were really entertaining. I got to tell you, they were standing room only. I have a small criticism for the Taskbot block stuff is that it, it would be great. To, to, the common thing is, oh, can I, you know, you have an RTA runner there. I think it'd be, we could engage the RTA runners a little bit more. Like, you know, why is what they're doing pretty incredible? And, and why is, you know, it, how does some, what are some of the crossovers between RTA and, and, and Tassers? Um, it was very much a, just kind of a demo thing. And then these runs happen so quickly. It's tough to talk through any of it and why what they're doing is so incredible. So this was one of my favorite runs of the entire week. This is Super Mario World. Uh, One Mind 11 Exit Co-op as done by Author Blues and Lakatech. And the way that this game works is it's a ROM hack of Vanilla Super Mario World and they switch control of Mario every second. So they you have to watch the run to really get a grasp of what the heck is happening. But there's one character playing through a level, but that character switches who's controlling it every half second. I'm sorry, that's right, every 30 frames. It's every half second. Thank you, dog. And besides being a really interesting idea for a game, the people who were running it were really great at doing it. And it was entertaining, hilarious, really incredible at times, some of the things that they were able to pull off while doing that. And I would say that if you get a chance, I, this was high on my list. And I would uh, say that if you get a chance, watch this run, it's super fun, super quick and really entertaining. Uh, I got a chance to couch bonks adventure with 
Great John, Infinite Mystery and Memory Tasks. And I really liked John's approach to what he was doing. First of all, he was only like 15 or 20 seconds off a world record. He had a really strong one and minus just two small things and it would have been a world record. But uh, the the John wanted to have uh, uh, memory on the couch and it's really great hearing from somebody who's so knowledgeable about the game tell you some of the ins and outs. So we gave a little bit of that geekiness. If you really want to know some of the ins and outs of the game, memory was there and she did a great job of sharing some of those insights. And I would also uh, thank John for allowing me to sit there and chat about it a little bit. Um, infinite mystery. The fact that, you know, he was wide awake. He was having a good time. Uh, you, you can't go wrong having infinite mystery on your couch, right? So it was a, uh, he did a really good job. And obviously I'm, I'm partial because John's my friend and also <laughs> I love the game. So it's just, it was, uh, it was really great to be a part of it. And um, we did, so there were some really kind donations from, uh, let's see, I had so many people, McKinsey, Tina, uh, Evan, and others who thankfully, who just so awesomely donated to the run. Saturday was obviously the last day of the marathon. And it's interesting because starting about, I don't know, Saturday morning-ish, late Friday night, things actually started getting closer and back to on schedule and on time, which was kind of surprising. But um, it was actually, I was actually, after the Bonks Adventure Run, um, I was taking off. And I really wanted to stick around for uh, Teddy Ross's run of Blasphemous. I didn't get a chance to see it, and I wish I would have. Um, but there were, well, there was a lot of really fun stuff to watch on Saturday. The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past randomizer uh, with the crowd control stuff. If crowd control is your thing, it looked like it was a lot of fun and really interesting. Once again, they raised a butt ton of money for charity, which is great. I think that's always a good thing when you can find new ways to bring in a lot of money for charity. So I think that part of it was really cool. They were really entertaining. I know it went a little bit long. Uh, it's interesting that they actually went over their estimate, not by much, but just enough. Um, as it tends to be when it was, you know, when you're doing a, a, a randomizer and something like with crowd control. Um, the, 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 I thought it was very entertaining as well. And it was nice. I, the, one of my favorite parts of the whole randomizer thing, or the crowd control thing, was seeing Jakku there on the couch with the, uh, with the laptop, you know, doing things, uh, you know, on the fly. And uh, I think that's, uh, it's really cool that you can see those things happening in real time. It was great that Untitled Goose Game uh, met the incentive as it was another big one. And especially being the a meme of the marathon, it's, uh, it's great that uh, they, uh, <laughs> they hit the incentive for the run. So you get to see the any percent run because the any percent is pretty ridiculous. Um, I didn't get, I was, uh, I think I was flying at that point. I think I was on an airplane, but, uh, we did just watch it in the stream and it's, uh, it was, it's very entertaining. It's a great game. If you haven't played it yet, do yourself a favor when it comes on sale or anything like that on steam, pick it up and play through it. It's, it's a short game. It only takes a few hours, but it's really fun to play through. Got great music. I really love the soundtrack. The super Mario maker two uh, relay race four by four blind relay race. I really enjoy the Mario Maker stuff. When I watched the Mario Maker 2 relay race, I believe I was at the airport at this point. So I was watching it on the stream and everything like that. And it seemed like it was really fun. And the commentary was just, was awesome. Um, Dragon Feeny, Xwater, and Glitch Cat were the ones. And then they had a, a guest uh, commentator whose name I can't remember, but who actually works at for Nintendo and worked on Mario makers. So the, I would agree with Feltemp in the chat saying that he loved how close the Mario maker, uh, relay race was. And I completely agree. It seems like the teams were very evenly matched and the gameplay was, um, it seemed like the, the, everything was close. Like every time it seemed like, it was, and it went down to the last race, which is uh, really entertaining and really fun. If you like Mario and all that kind of stuff and you hadn't seen it or you missed it, Definitely uh, recommend watching that one. It was a lot of fun. Uh, 
seeing so many great Mario players go at it uh, in a relay race. The task demonstration that happened right after the relay race, there was an article actually that got published in Ars Technica that interviewed a lot of the people associated with the task that happened after the Mario Maker race. If you get a chance, go to Ars Technica and read the article. It's fascinating. Um, the Typically, when uh, the Tassin community figures out new technology or anything like that, they throw it up on GitHub and these things are done transparently and kind of out in the open. The TAS Super Mario Maker 2 was not done that way, and they kept it private and, if you will, in secret for a very good reason. Being able to TAS Mario Maker 2 kind of breaks the game, and it's... Uh, it's something that they may actually could face uh, possible legal consequences from Nintendo. <laughs> so if you get yourself a chance, read the Ars Technica article because I, I don't want to misquote it and I don't want to get the info incorrect, but it's there were some really interesting things that happened on the backside of this thing to actually make it possible and how that they were able to um, create a system that could actually play the game frame by frame or somewhat close to frame by frame to actually do some tassing of this game. It's really interesting. And um, we may, we probably may not ever see uh, the tassing tools for Mario Maker 2, at least not anytime soon, for sure. I'd like to compliment all of the hosts that I uh, listened to and saw during uh, Games Done Quick the entire week. I thought this is uh, some of the best hosting I have heard and seen at one of these events. And one of the things I think that is becoming uh, more and more standard in the hosting duties um, is hyping up the crowd, whether that's uh, in Twitch chat or there in person, and also being able to read donations that do that, that keep the hype up, that keep the excitement going during the event. I think it's really smart, and it's great to see so many of the hosts take ownership of that and really, really take it to heart. And because sometimes you get these donations that are really like personal. A lot of times the donations are personal about the cancer and how it's affected their families and the people that they love. Yet you want to keep people engaged and entertained while you're doing it at the same time. And so I think almost all the hosts that I listened to just did a really good balancing act of hyping up the crowd and also uh, reading donations and keeping the marathon moving well at the same time. Pretty awesome stuff. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I had a really great time at Games Done Quick. I think it's wonderful to get together with so many people in the community. Uh, I think my regret, like a lot of people's regret who attend one of these things, is just not having enough time to see everyone and to hang out with uh, people. While I did get a chance to see a lot of people, and I was really thankful to see a lot of people I haven't seen in a while and things like that, there are still others that I didn't. And uh, that's probably my 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 biggest regret is that I didn't get a chance to hang out with more people while I'm there. It's There's just there's so much to do, so much to see, and so many things to do that it's just nearly impossible to see and do it all. Um, if you get a chance and you're into what we do in this community, speedrunning, all that kind of stuff, do yourself a favor and try to attend one of these events once in your life. I don't take for granted being able to attend these things. They're, they're not easy. It's expensive to go. Um, and they usually take travel for a lot of people to get there. And it's definitely well worth it once you do. There's so much going on. It's such a great experience. There's a board game room. There's a video game room. There's there's things you can volunteer. You can, you can you can just attend and watch runs. You can play video games in the practice room. There's so many different things to do there, and people to see and things to do that I think it's a it's a worthwhile experience if you ever get a chance. Maybe it's an AGDQ thing. I'm not sure, but I was really impressed and thankful for the international presence there at AGDQ 2020. There was the Swedish contingent. There was runners from Japan. There was the Mega Man X runners from Taiwan who 
I almost, it almost brought me to tears. The person who was doing commentary on Mega Man X, oh, I don't remember which one. It might've been Mega Man X. They were saying that they, um, today, the day that there was their run was actually their presidential elections in their country. And they couldn't decide, like it was a really tough decision to either stay at home and vote for their president or come and present their game it was X4, okay, at a Games Done Quick, and they made the choice to do this because, you know, there's not many chances you have uh, to do this thing and this opportunity. There was Australians, there were Europeans, there was just, there, there was a real mix of life there, uh, and, and that maybe because it was at Orlando, I don't know, but it was wonderful to see such an international presence there, a lot of Canadians, like, it's so great to see so many people in one place. Thank you everyone for listening and watching. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to share it with family, friends, and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. All those go a really long way to helping out the podcast. Thank you so much. Have a good one.